Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I knew when I woke up, the devil was messing with me. I walk out, my wife's like, you better look in the garage. Dog throw up and poop and a shattered glass everywhere. I'm like, someone went to war. The devil does not want... So, you know, when you, when you get ordained, you think you're going to be preaching, you have these, like, rose-colored glasses. Someone's going to come and pick me up, carry my Bible, have a flat white with me, drive me to church. I'm going to come in, refresh. Someone's going to pray for me. I'm going to walk in here. No. I got a kid poking me in the face. Make me a smoothie. I got one doing this, head doing this. And then my wife saying, go look at the garage. Look at the garage. I'm cleaning poop <laughs> and dog throw up and glass at 630. I go, this is my life. I'm going to preach hard today. <laughs> Wasn't what I was thinking. So now I'm going to double down. We're in this uh, series called A Wonderful Life. It's a wonderful life. And uh, I preached last Wednesday called Resilient. If you didn't listen to that one, please listen to it. Try and, you know, for all these hours I put in, so I was like, hey, did you listen to the last message? They're like, oh, no, I haven't done it yet. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> Somebody, I mean. Good news is I'm preaching for myself, so if you don't like it, that's okay. I'm preaching to myself today. And uh, you can just download and podcast Pastor Jurgen all the time. He's amazing. He can redeem everything in a second. I mean, that guy, I always tell him, I do not want to preach after you're here on a Sunday. It can only go down. You know what I mean? It's like, he is amazing. And that guy, I was down to 10 days in my Bible reading. The last six just went right out the door. I'm like, what happened? I was on that track trying to narrow it down. Just pray for your pastor. But title of my message is Show and Tell. Hey, come on. Yeah. I can tell you guys are pumped. That's good. Yep, yep. Caffeine matters. That's why I give all new people coffee. We should start doing that before. Like, just have this sign. Like, if you're new, just say, I'm new. You, like, walk out. Are you new? Come here. We just give you the free ticket. Go get your coffee before church. See? We got a free game. Otherwise, they're like, what's this church? Wow, they're so loud. Why are they all jumping? We're like, I'm going to fight. What are they doing in worship? I'm not even awake yet. Thank God for Bryce. So show me your life, and I'll tell you how well you understand the Lord's Prayer. Just thought I'd throw that arrow out there real quick. How? Start strong. So my revelation, just to let you know, I kind of preach what I need, and I hope the rest of you pick up from it. So I just feel like, man, why am I getting so annoyed with people? You know, how many survived Thanksgiving, family? On day one, I offended my mother-in-law. Day one. I'm like thinking to myself, did I even make it through the day? No. It was amazing. Thinking to myself, do I ask for forgiveness? Do I forgive her? I mean, what is the problem? I mean, it was this big of a deal. And it turned into a massive deal. It's like, look at that anthill. Nope, that's a mountain. Look at Yosemite. That's amazing. One comment I already said. First day, I had to go like four more days walking on eggshells. Finally, I'm like, Lord, I need a message. 
Of course, he knows what I needed. So I'm going to preach on the Lord's Prayer. Why do you think that's so funny today? This is a real deal I'm walking through. And I'm telling you, I'm, 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 I got, you know, colleagues that just want to punch me in the gut. I got all this stuff all over the place going, man, I need to learn. To, Lord, do I need how to forgive people more? Yeah. Or do I need forgiveness? Am I right with you, Lord? I mean, what is going on? And then they get the revelation. So I'm preaching on the Lord's Prayer. And uh, lots of revelation in it, and I'm going to really hone in on one verse, and I want to unpack it for us today. I'm going to give you three points just to help you. You can already number it, so you can type fast. Because really, want as a church, as we are going to grow the body of Christ, if we don't have the revelation, you can't live a wonderful life without some of the things that I've been preaching on the last couple weeks. Right. Resilient, how to be resilient. If you want to live a wonderful life, then... Let's apply some of those principles I taught on Wednesday. If you want to level up your life, let's talk about how do we have a wonderful life and not a miserable existence. See, everybody dies, which we all know. And we're going to go somewhere, and if you know Jesus, we're going to heaven. But what I'm more concerned about is while you're here, not everybody's living. And then I'll double it down. Not everyone's living a wonderful life, which you can and the more, here's what happens when some people come to awaken. Two things happen. We either irritate them. Oh, they can't be that good looking. They can't be that friendly. They can't be. Or they come in and then like, they're just irritated enough where I can tell it's like there's sparks. Iron sharpening iron. And then they stay around and some of those edges. And then one day that you could just tell they're like, oh, this is my tribe. And it's one of those weird things you don't really know until you know. You know what you know. Yeah. And then the people you don't really sure you were going to gel with, now you're doing life with them. Yeah. And you're like, let's go change the world. Yeah. I mean, how did we start that way? I remember this guy was saying, man, a year ago to merge, you really offended me. I'm like, how are we doing now? And he goes, man, I love you. <laughs> I think this is the story of my life. <laughs> Matthew 6, 5 through 8. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. I mean, that should be a first warning. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. And I see this. I have a lot of guys that come to men's prayer. But we got to make sure we get in their world. We can't just have superficial prayers. Surely I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, your drop zone, whatever it is, but when you shut your door, pray to your father who is in a secret place, and your father who sees in a secret place will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your father knows the things that you need and of before you even ask him. In this manner, therefore pray. See, Jesus is now talking to his disciples. I call this the discipling prayer. And we are a discipleship church. We have DNA one, two, three, try to get you plugged in a team so you could sow, I mean, you know, soak and serve. That was a weird combination of words I just did there, but so you could soak and serve. And then when you come, we, we, we try to disciple. That's why I'll take my men. Let's go to men's prayer. Let's go out to the desert. Let's do a merge. Let's do some stuff as men that we need to get through and talk. So how we can lead our brides. And if you're single, how you can lead and be the man to lead them accordingly. And it's amazing because the discipleship matters. And so Jesus is like breaking this prayer down to his disciples. All right, right, guys, let me just help you. This is called prayer 101. If we can get this right, we can get everything right. You guys all right? Okay, just check. Wow. 
I heard a cricket. That's the first time I've ever heard a cricket in here. That was crazy. The Lord's Prayer. I'm glad you got that joke. Um, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's exciting. Give us this day our daily bread. And here's where I got punched in the face. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Right there, we're going to highlight verse 12. That's what we're going to focus on all morning. And it's going to be awesome and you will like it. These aren't the drones you're looking for. You will love this verse. Yep. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever and ever. And Amen. Amen. So here's what. Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. This is really the blueprint or what I call the paradigm. This is the blueprint that Jesus is laying down. He goes, listen, he's trying to teach us how to formulate our thoughts when it comes to prayer. I'm not going to give a deep dive, but I want you to know is that he is helping us frame how we go to our father. He's like, listen, let me just give you a framework of how to go to our father. This prayer is teaching us the order and the priority and how important it is. And so as these disciples are baby disciples trying to learn how to operate, let's just know one of the first things he's teaching them is how to get your prayer life right. I love that. And in that, he's talking about how to get your positioning right of who God is. He's your father. He's your provider. He's going to provide everything. It's basically lift up your eyes, focus on God, and understand he is going to provide for you. Now the second part of the prayer, this is the woe. It's like, Lord, why, not, why can't I focus on the first part? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, because you need to really focus on the second part. Yeah, yeah. And I really feel like as a church, if we can just focus on Matthew 6, 12, I'm literally, you know, like I said, walking this out in multiple areas of my life. And three things have been revealed to me over the last two weeks. And here's those three things. And as we go on a journey, if you haven't had to forgive anyone in a while, then just take notes because I promise you in this life, you're going to need to learn this part. I'm sending this uh, message immediately over to my mother-in-law and hopefully we'll work it out today. What? What? Why are you guys, oh, I'm the only one. Oh, let me read the first part about hypocrites real quick. Yeah, yeah. We're to say that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Verse five. Yeah, the first line, don't be like the hypocrite. Hey, we're all going to have problems at some point with someone in our family. If not, I would love for you to mentor me and disciple me, and you can uh, text 555-25-HELP-DR-MATT, and I will, I will come meet you. I'm not, I am coachable. And if you got the formula, I want it. But right now, I'm using the word to reteach my formula, all right? So listen, here's the verse. And forgive us our debts. I don't want to. That's not what it says. It says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. This reveals God's capacity to forgive what he's done for us. But more important, that he gives us the capacity and the ability for grace. What's amazing is... I understand this, but he gives us and shows us how to have the capacity to learn how to forgive other people. We don't get it right all the time. Like, how big is our pastoral care team now? 500 on pastoral care. I mean, our church is big, and we have over 500 people that are trying to help people out 
pastorally. Do we get it right all the time? It's amazing. No. I mean, can we just extend our grace from centimeters to give us a foot for a while? We're working this thing out, training up. These are people that love Jesus, that love people, and want you to live your best life. But we got to learn how to have grace. Just like God has extended grace to us, we have to learn how to extend grace. And this is what he's trying to talk about. See, this Christmas season, we can move and learn to operate in this grace if we choose to, because God's already done it for us. It's just not grace to us, but it's grace through us. And we got to wrap our head around that. This is a critical for our prayer life and a desire to have a wonderful life. If we can't get this, then the whole wonderful life thing, it's going to be a little bit of rocky situation. So if we say, yeah, I want the rest of my life to be the best of my life. I've said that prayer. I raised my hand. I got Jesus in my heart, but it's not working out that way. Because we got to learn how to have grace for people, how we need to navigate, and I want to teach you how to do that. So point number one, we have to admit that we've all sinned. Check that ego. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. We all have to admit that we have all sinned. We got to embrace this part of the prayer that I need forgiveness. My wife reminds me all the time. Sin is not relative, but it's amazing how if it's, you know, it's like this PC movement. Everything's politically correct. Even where the church started adopting this. If you want to know what's going on with America, it's the church got quiet. We tried getting PC. Oh, we want to love everybody. This whole grace movement. And now it's like wokeism grace. Like we love everybody. We do love everybody. We're a hospital for the broken. But that doesn't mean we're going to dilute the word of God. We're not going to sit up here and tell you what's important. We're not going to sit here and tell you it's okay for you guys to keep living in sin over and over. No, we're going to say it how it is. That doesn't mean that we're not going to love you through it. That's called discipleship. Look at what tools the disciples were. And Jesus never gave up on them. Peter's cutting ears off, and Jesus is like, oh, dear Lord, let me get that. You know, it's like one of them even betrayed him. He's like, and he knew the whole time for some coin. There was greed back then. There was deception in the heart back then. I'm going to tell you what, we'll never get away from it, but the world can't infiltrate the church. We're called to infiltrate the world. So we can't dilute it. That means everybody's welcome here. But guess what? We do have a line in the sand that we are going to preach. We're going to tell our young people, don't be living with their girlfriends. If, if not, listen to Beyonce and put a ring on it. Do it the right way. Let's do this. I've taken many people, and we're like, all right, I'll see you at the beach in an hour. Let's get this thing done. Go through premarital counseling first. I don't want to. Well, guess what? Do the right thing so you can be blessed. It's not a judgment thing. It's a Bible thing. It's amazing, but the world's creeped in. The grace welcomes crept in. I mean, I love grace. I wouldn't be here without the grace of Jesus, but that does not mean we can ignore it. Romans 3.20 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everybody? All have sinned. Every one of us. So let's just really teach on what sin is. I don't know why this is, you know, it's amazing. I grew up in the church, and there was master pointers. They would always point out my sin. And I'm just thinking to myself, they got three fingers pointing back at themselves. I'm a sinner. 
Saved by grace. Yep. I get up every day and I do my inventory. No one's above reports. We have all sinned. Every pastor sinned. We all got to work it out. And the more word in us, the more holy we get, the more righteous we right. get. And right. we got to always be moving closer yes. to righteousness, meaning there's a right way of doing things. But that doesn't mean we're suddenly, just because you get ordained and you're in the word every day trying to work it out, that you don't get triggered or you don't slide back. So I want to give, because English, here's the deal. English kind of takes this word sin and really does a poor job of defining it. So if you go study the Hebrew and the Greek and you look up what this word sin is, I want to give you five definitions of sin. And then I'm going to tell you which one this verse is talking about in the Lord's Prayer. You guys ready? Yeah. Okay, number one, the definition of sin in the Bible, breaking it down for us. Number one is missing the mark. How many of you have heard that before? Yeah. I think I grew up with that one. Sin is missing the mark. We missed the mark. It's amazing how we as people, as Christians, stop talking about sin and we get so much shame attached to it. So we walk around in shame all the time. Sin needs to be like water off a duck's back because we've all sinned, we all fall short. Let's just recorrect. Let's learn how to repent, which is get back under the favor, the glory, repent, ask for forgiveness, get back into alignment with Almighty God. The quicker we can learn how to repent, the quicker we will see that wonderful life start to happen. First one is sin missing the mark. We're all gonna miss the mark. Number two, sin can be stepping across the line. How I many you know that stepped across the line? Well, hopefully we can disciple people and they can step back across the line. So sin can be missing the mark, could be stepping across the line. Sin can be slipping across the line. Subtle differences. Stepping, you got to put an action. Slipping, sometimes you could slip. None of you, probably. (laughs) Slipping could be just one too many glasses of wine. That's just a slip. Don't ignore it. Don't pretend. Just repent. Stepping across the line might be Jaeger bombs. Like you really had to put, you had to put effort in. Picklebacks, whatever your choice is, you, that's stepping across the line. Slipping could be you were just wine tasting. It's just maybe you knew, hey, don't get in that car. You know what? It's just a little too far. You know, maybe just you and the Lord know. Just get back, repent. I'd rather be on this side of the line of righteousness. Don't slip over. Number four is lawlessness. You know what you're doing. You know you're doing wrong, but you consciously keep doing it. We just got to help you there. That's where sometimes my dad needed to bring out the belt. If you're into timeouts, that's fine. My dad was into capital punishment, but I was being lawlessness. I need some correction. Okay, but lawlessness, listen, that we cannot tolerate it because it will destroy your life, even if you can't see it. Number five is having a debt. And in having a debt, it really means not fulfilling your duty or slave to another or captured up in something you yourself cannot afford to get out of or pay yourself. This number five is what the Lord's Prayer is talking about. We've all fallen short. We've all sinned. There's a debt you could never repay. 
Jesus paid that debt for us. But now we're talking about something else. That every one of you have a calling on your life. Every one of you have a mandate, and it's not the job that you have. We are not still alive on this world just to do cool things, even though while we're here, let's do cool things. There's a world that's lost. And I want to tell you, what the ver- this verse bib- biblically is talking about, America is n- ignoring this, and the church is systematically failing at explaining this type. We can't understand that when we have a mandate on our life, when we have a debt, and we are not fulfilling our duty as believers, we are missing the mark. It's like Jonas, who just preached on it, Pastor Leanne. Jonah, man, he was running the other day, wasn't fulfilling a duty. He was living in sin, running away from the God calling on his life, and God had to have a little intervention in his life. So let's talk about it. This was me for years, but what are we not fulfilling our duty in? We are called to be disciples. We are called to be the salt and the light. In Matthew 5, 13, it says this, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, How can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Harsh. That's Bible, not me. You are the light of the world, but a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. It's amazing how I grew up in a Christian family, but I was hiding my light down here. I think I even had to igthus on my first car. It's like, at least I got the sticker. I got the little fish. I think I made it worse. So listen, I'm guilty. There's calling on my life, and oftentimes you know there's stuff we got to do. There's been times where I felt like the Holy Spirit say, pick up that trash, and I argue for 10 feet saying, it's not my trash. And before, I'd probably keep going because I was a punk. But now it's like, all right, that's the Holy Spirit. All right, I'll go pick it up. Fine. You see that? I picked it up. You really got to throw it in my face, you know? There's been times like, hey, call this person. Ask them forgiveness. I didn't even do anything. Doesn't matter. They think you did. I'm not calling them. Well, there's your pride again. How can I use you? Okay, I'll call them. Work it out. Got to call my mother-in-law at 1230. I mean, how many of you had a grandma? My grandma just passed away this year, 96. And my last trip up there, I had to go up there, not as the grandson, Matt. I had to put on my pastoral hat and try to tell a 96-year-old, Grandma, you were being mean. <laughs> and she said, no, I'm being, everything I'm telling them is well-meaning. I said, you're forgetting the well part. It's just mean. <laughs> eeny, meeny. That's why so many nurses are quitting on you. Well, they do this, they do that. Grandma, you need to ask for forgiveness. Ah, I'm 96 years old. They got them. Grandma, they're wiping every side of you. You need to ask for forgiveness and quit yelling at them. Why did you even come up here and visit me? You don't even love me. Oh, my dear Lord. Take her home. Take her home, Lord. Take her home. That well-meaning was still trespassing. Listen, I love my grandma. Calm down. (laughs) Calm down. Oh, now. 
I forgive you all for judging me. But my own trespasses, let me tell you, that we gotta understand trespasses. I go into point two, which is we know the debt of our sin, but we can't repay it. Listen, I did some dumb things. I got a speeding ticket, maybe multiple. And at one point, I didn't tell my dad because I didn't know what to do because he said, if you get one more ticket, you're gonna lose your insurance. You'll be uninsurable. Well, then I found out, I, man, I can't, uh, I just said, let me bury my head in the sand like any mature high schooler. Yeah, and then I got my license suspended for 60 days. Mm-hmm. Didn't tell my dad. Yep, so I trespassed against my dad. But then, you double down on it, uh, not having a license, I kept driving because I didn't want my dad to think I did not, not have my license. Freshman year in college, because that happened in the summer, so I started my freshman year, and sure enough, I get pulled over. The officer comes up. I've told this story before. It's painful, but just... Just letting you know how far I've come, church. <laughs> Officer comes up, says, license registered. Sir, I lost my license, uh, meaning I don't have my wallet on me. I can't find him, so sorry. All right, date of birth and name. I said, my name is Michael Andrew Hubbard. I was born in uh, August 31st, 1977, which is not true. I was born in November. It was my brother. There's an 06 in the Navy right now. So I trespassed against him. And anyways, I got him a ticket. <laughs> Yep. So we know the debt of our sin, but we can't repay it. <laughs> That's point number two. So now I've trespassed against my dad and my brother. So let me tell you how that Christmas was working out for me. I went home and Holy Spirit convicted me and I've learned it was beyond my capacity to pay for those debts. I couldn't manage it. I just learned to admit it. My court date was in December. So I went home and my brother, who was still in high school, innocent as could be, never had a ticket in his life. <laughs> I don't think he's ever done it. It's probably why he's in 06 in the Navy. You know, it's just. It's amazing. <laughs> so I couldn't learn how to manage it. So I finally just said, I better confess it. So I confessed it. My trespasses were too much for me to pay. I needed some forgiveness in a big way. Now I needed forgiveness from my dad, forgiveness from my brother. And I said I was going in to talk to the judge to tell him what I was going to do. So as everyone goes, if you've ever been to a nice court date and you've heard everyone sitting there and you're hearing, and this judge was just slamming people, yeah. slamming them. We're talking full book on everybody, mild offenses. I was up next. They called Michael Hubbard. <laughs> my dad and my brother at the back of the court. I approached the bench. You know, you just feel like such uh, PTSD just talking about it. <laughs> So I walked up there and I said, yes, sir. Actually, my name's not Michael. Well, I need Michael Hubbard. I said, well, that's my brother, sir. And he goes, well, you can't represent him. I said, well, I'm the one that faked it. <laughs> so I did full confessional and then you hear the gasp of every criminal in the place. <gasps> like my sin was greater. So and there was reminded by Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And I'm telling you, I had fear of the Lord in that moment and fear of the judge. And he looked at me and he goes, are you dumb, son? Why would you come, represent yourself without an attorney, stand before me knowing you're in a lot of trouble? 
you impersonated somebody you're not. I said, yep. That's why my dad, retired Marine, is in the back of the room, and my brother. I'm sure my punishment's going to be great, sir. He looked at me. And then he was talking to the whole court about everyone learning this lesson. But you know what he said to me? He says, actually, it takes a bigger man to stand before and own his issues. And I'm sure looking at your dad and his face in the back of the room, you're going to have a long history of conversations around this. So I'm just going to tell you to pay the fine, and I'm going to put the point on your record, and I'm going to tell you good day, and I hope you're in college and you better do some good in the world. And boom. And the whole place lost their mind. I didn't even care about that belt that afternoon. I'm like, I'll take it. Romans 8.1 says, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Meaning the ultimate judge that sits on the throne took our sin and is throwing everything out that's against you. That's judicial justice for you and I and all our sin. If you could think I was a 18-year-old scared kid, that's one thing. But to stand before the Lord of Lords one day and to know that Jesus died for you and me, it's judicial. That's why we need to learn this. The more debt you are forgiven, the more grateful for you are. It's evident by your attitude. Some people come in with a little bit of cool, cool. But you know what? Those people that have sinned and they've been forgiven of it and they know their past and they are grateful for the grace that Jesus has shown us, they are down on their altar. They have no problem with the amen, hallelujah, thank you, Lord, for what you've done. But I'm going to give you Bible. Luke 7:36 says, Then one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to eat with them, and he entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. Right. Just cool. He wanted to be around Jesus. When a sinful woman from that town learned that Jesus was dining there, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume. As he stood, as she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her with her tears and wiped them with her hair. Then she kissed his feet, anointed them with the perfume. The Pharisees who had invited Jesus to their house, he said to himself, if this man was a prophet, he would know what kind of woman this is. For she is a sinner. But Jesus answered, Simon, I have something to tell you. He was thinking the thoughts and Jesus read his thoughts. Said, Simon, I got something to tell you. Tell me, teacher. Two men are debtors to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. When they were unable to repay him, he forgave both of them. Which one will love him more? I suppose the one who was forgiven more, Simon replied. You have judged correctly. And turning towards the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? When I entered her house, you did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not greet me with a kiss, but she has not stopped kissing my feet since I arrived. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with perfume. Therefore, I tell you, because her many sins have been forgiven, she has loved much, but he has been forgiven little, loves little. It's just a revelation of what the word of God says. Jesus straight up called Simon, straight up called him out. When you know what you've been released from, healed from, restored from yes. that tithe it's easy to obey yes. 
a shout of praise, that amen. I give God your all your heart. It's easy when you know what we've done. Don't, number three is, and I'll land the plane here, we extend what we have freely been given and we give it to others. Gotta get this forgiveness thing right. It doesn't, don't misread this. It doesn't say we forgive others so we can be forgiven. That's transactional. Jesus doesn't do transactional. He does transformational. So you need to understand this. We forgive others because Jesus forgave us. Because I'm forgiven, therefore I'm a forgiver. Our posture and our stance must be to forgive. We don't earn it. We didn't deserve it. So why are we holding different levels of forgiveness for people around us? Listen, I'm pointing to myself. I got stuff right now. I got to forgive some people. I had to go fall on my sword recently and ask for forgiveness. But why? Listen, God can't stay in fellowship with you if you can't forgive others. I just want you to know that forgiveness keeps us in fellowship and relationship with God. Nothing more is more important than your relationship with God. Therefore, don't get caught up in the poison of what the devil's trying to do. He's trying to harden our hearts, calloused our heart, hurt our heart, nail our hearts and arrows to get us in offense all the time. And we preach on offense and still people get offended. But God can't stay in fellowship with us if we don't learn to forgive. That's why Jesus is trying to teach us this verse and I'm kind of laboring on it to break it down because if we're gonna be a city impacting church, we gotta learn how to love big, forgive fast, have lots of grace, learn how to maneuver, duck it, heal it. And if you can't get over it, you come down to the altar and said, I don't know how, but I gotta get this released and then get healed from it. Because some of it, the scar tissue is so big, you just, you've lost that feeling. I mean, we gotta forgive our spouses. It's so important so we can be in communion. Matthew 6, 14 says, listen, this is after the prayer is over. This is after the prayer is over. And I want you to hear what Jesus reiterates real quick. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. This is after he teaches on the prayer. Verse 14, he just wants to double down on one thing. So if you don't think it's important, Jesus thinks it is. Now listen, just because you forgive them doesn't mean you need to get back with them. You don't need to get with them in business again. Listen, I'm learning my hard lessons. I'm not doing business with someone again. Forgiveness doesn't mean I forget. I'm not gonna be taking them out to dinner. Thanks for shafting me, but let me take you out to dinner. No, that's not what it says. It just means I'm releasing them. Forgiveness isn't about me and that person. Do you get this? Forgiveness is about between me and God and our relationship. I am forgiving that person to untangle myself from the mess of my heart so I can stay in relationship with our God. That's why it's so important. I don't wanna lose favor. I don't wanna lose my blessing. Colossians 3.13 says this, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Not someone. Not that one person, the two people. Anyway, remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. 
and always be thankful. Everyone write down Matthew 18, 21. This is the parable of the unforgiving debtor. I ran out of time, but I want you to read it because I want as a church, you to understand that revelation. If I could have everyone just stand to your feet and I want to pray for us. Because let me tell you something. This is vertical. Vertical means we got to get this right with God. And I'm going to pray for us that we get this right. That means, is there a debt or a duty that we haven't been doing? And as I pray, I just want you to pray, put your hand over your heart and pray for you and your relationship. That's vertical. I'm going to lead you vertical. See this right here, this horizontal. That's the trespassers that maybe you have some offenses with people around you. We're going to get right with God right now. With this one, man, this is the one that's a little bit harder for me. But this one takes us out of this one. I need us, I need us to get right here with one another. I'm gonna pray for this right now and then I'm gonna open the altar. If you've never given your life to Jesus, where are my people at? Oh, thank you, right there, standing like, Shekinah glory right there, Ed John in the light right now. They have a Bible and a following Jesus book, but two things need to happen. If you don't have Jesus in your heart, he's the way, the truth, the light. He is the life, eternal life. He's got to be in our heart. He's got to be leading us. He's got to show you and extend grace to you so you even know how to extend that to somebody else. But as I pray that we get this right, I'm gonna open up the altar so you can come get this right. Because God was revealing to me last night and this morning I got up early to press into this. I could tell like it's not an easy thing to preach on forgiveness, but we are going into the Christmas season where it's the most painful season for many people in the world. They're lonely, they're afraid, they're bitter, they're hurt. Our own kid at our church running away. How are we gonna heal it up? If we can't heal up inside the church, are we kidding ourselves? We're gonna go try to unite the country. We think some politician's gonna unite them. Some of us need to learn to get off social media because we're getting too angry. And then you could tell these, some of the people I'm friends with, I don't even go around them now because they started off justice, high justice, but now they're just angry. Thinking calling everybody out's a way to do it. The Lord will direct your steps, and I promise it's not by chucking throw, you know, stones and trying to dare tear down people. We gotta do it through love. So if we can learn how to do it in here right, we can go out in the world. If you need to delete yourself for 30 days, maybe fast social media, doing it because your heart can't heal if you're constantly online getting angry. I literally unfollowed Gavin Newsom because I wanted to punch him in the face every time his thread came up. Just being honest, God showed me that I was getting a bitter heart towards him. And he said, can I still use you? Fear the Lord, I deleted following Gavin Newsom. Like a week ago, I said, I think I'm mature enough to follow him. It didn't last an hour. I'm just being honest. I was like, I think I have a spirit of self-control. I got back on, no, I don't, I'm following him. I just am testing where my heart's at. My heart's not healed yet. So therefore this 
is the most important thing. So with every head bowed and eye closed, if you feel like you need to get right with God, I want you to raise your hand. I'm not gonna call you down, I'm gonna pray for you right now. If you feel like you, need, you know there's a debt, meaning there's a duty that you haven't been fulfilling, I want to pray for those people right now. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your hands. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I'm in that category. I just feel like God's called me to do some stuff that I haven't had the maturity to do yet, but I'm not gonna put a ceiling over my life due to my, my lack of the understanding because I trust God. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, that in this revelation of forgiveness, every hand that's lifted, God, I thank you that you empower your children, your kids, God, us. Lord, how to see things how you see things. God, Lord, heal our hearts, that we wanna be in alignment with you. We wanna have forgiveness with you. Forgive our sins. God, and I know that's a personal thing. So if that's you, just talk to your Father. Talk to God right now, just lay it out. You could be frustrated with him. He's not insecure. He loves you. He wants the best for your life. He just wants to get in right relationship with you right now. So God, I thank you. Bring healing to their hearts, their minds. Give them peace. God, we thank you for the fruit of the spirit. Let joy overflow in their life. Let this Christmas season be the most joyful they've ever had. God, let it be the most rewarding they've ever had. Let them feel blessed. Let them see the blessings around them. God, as they get in right vertical relationship with you, Lord, put an alarm system when they know they're stepping out so you could step in. God, we thank you for that right now. In Jesus' mighty name. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.